Welcome to the Animation Happy Hour, a podcast about breaking into the animation industry over a couple of drinks. All opinions and views expressed in this podcast are solely our own and are not representative of the companies for whom we work. My name is Katie, and I'm an apprentice animator at Disney. And I'm Ben, and I'm an animator at DreamWorks. And my name is Garrett, and I'm currently a character animator at Disney. So this episode is all about setbacks and rejections. Um, Yeah, you know, we've all dealt with failures in our careers and, you know, setbacks that make us, you know, feel depressed in the moment. But ultimately, (laughs) we're, we're all doing okay. So we just wanted to acknowledge that, you know, you guys could be going through some hard stuff, but um, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I think this is a really great episode to piggyback on our intro episode where we talked about our backgrounds and, you know, kind of the full trajectory of our careers. But that was definitely a very quick, rosy picture of everything. And it totally glossed over all of the setbacks and kind of rougher patches we've had. So we did want to acknowledge those because we know they're very much a part of the journey. Oh, we should mention that this episode, we are drinking a very special concoction made by Garrett. It's called a gin and tonic. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's really advanced. That's right. I don't know if you guys know what's in it, but... It's good. It's good stuff. Fancy stuff. Thank you, Garrett Bear. Wonderful. (sighs) I reject that name. So before we get too far into this episode, I just wanted to say we're going to be talking a lot about a lot of this struggles and kind of failures and rejections and things, you know, rough spots we had to deal with in our uh, professional careers, but also in our, you know, as students and and while we were applying to schools. Um, So it's going to be a lot of complaining about stuff like that. But (laughs) so up front, we wanted to take a moment to acknowledge also how kind of lucky and privileged we've been to Mm -hmm. kind of be where we are right now. And, The reality is, you know, in this industry, so much is based off of timing and production needs and things that are outside of your individual control. So we absolutely acknowledge that, you know, a lot of, you know, things had to just the cards had to fall the right way for us to to be where we are now. Um, And if you're someone listening to this and you feel like, you know, things are not going your way. Um, hopefully what you take from this is just that, you know, to keep at it. And, and we're going to talk about, you know, times when we felt like things were kind of hopeless and, and, uh, the purpose of this episode is just kind of to say that everybody goes through these things and, uh, you know, take heart, keep going, you know, things will work out in the end if you're dedicated and, and, you know, keep doing the right thing. And we're going to structure this episode kind of, I guess, in chronological order. So from from the bare beginnings of applying to school and then going all the way through like failures we've had kind of on the job mm-hmm. and after the job. So um, that's that's the structure we plan. So right off the bat, I'm going to start with applying to school. And I, um, I definitely had rejections when I was looking at graduate schools. Um, right after undergrad, I was looking at any MFA program I could find and I applied, I totally applied to Cal Arts. I applied to the Royal College of Art in London and thought, oh, that's sexy. I'm going to move to London and like (laughs) make my own experimental film. And they're definitely going to want me, but nope. I got rejected. (laughs) (laughs) Was this for grad school or undergrad? Uh, graduate school. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I had... 
Um, yeah, more background on that. I had finished undergrad. I was this is when I was working at NBC as a page, um, first job out of school, and I had realized that I wanted to go into animation. So I was just looking up schools, uh, graduate programs, and uh, yeah, applied around. I think, oh yeah, I applied to UCLA, got rejected mm. from them too. Yeah, um, and. Luckily, SCAD did take me on, which I'm super fortunate um, that they took me. But I think the other programs were a lot more focused on finding people that had prior undergraduate animation experience and had probably majored in animation. Um, And I did not fit that bill, (laughs) unfortunately. So that, that was a tough break right in the beginning for me. Did you feel like the world was ending when you didn't get in, or, or how did you deal with the rejection? Um, I yeah, I guess like for me, I, I was holding out for SCAD. I did hear um, from the first three I mentioned: UCLA, uh, Royal College of Art, and Cal Arts before um, SCAD. So I sort of still had that string of hope, and then luckily that worked out eventually. But it was tough to hear. It was yeah. definitely like, probably, shoot, what do I do? Especially probably coming from Harvard, right? It's like, yeah. what do I mean? I'm not qualified to go here. No. <laughs> <laughs> but it was sort of like, oh gosh, can I not pursue this? You know, is it mm. too late? I did. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I did have sort of a question mark of, ooh, maybe I, it's too late to do this. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely. I have a, a funny thing when I kind of related to applying to schools. Um, when I was in LA and I was at, working in games, I really wanted to get into feature film animation. And one of the ways I kind of had to do that was taking classes like outside of work because the work I was doing wasn't really directly applicable to getting into feature. So I applied to Anim School and I only had a certain amount of money where I couldn't do like the whole curriculum of Anim School. I had to only take a class. Mm-hmm. And so I applied expecting to get into their like most advanced class for like, <laughs> it was like class six appe- acting appe- animating appeal or whatever. And I was like, all right, I'm going to pay this money. They're going to see my reel. It's going to be great. They're going to put me at the top of the class. I'm clearly advanced. Like, and then, wow, why are you even applying? But sure, yeah, <laughs> you, you can be in the advanced one. Like, of course. <laughs> But uh, lo and behold, they said, no, you can only take class three, which, which is like body mechanics. It was like body acting. And I remember being like, you know, being really upset. And like, I sent an email to Anna School. <laughs> I was like, you guys don't understand. I deserve to be in class, like act, animating appeal. I'm paying all this money. Why can't I take it? And they're like, no. I mean, I wasn't that annoying in the email. Right. But, but that's how you felt. That's how I felt. And they're like, they put me down a peg for sure. And we're like, no, you're, you're in this class. And, uh, I'm it, not just some student. I'm working right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, I was really happy to actually be put into the the lower class because I realized, wow, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't ready to be in that final class. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I learned so much in the program. So I think that's like the general theme of this episode is like you'll have rejections and failures, but mm-hmm. then you kind of realize like, oh, ultimately it works out, you know, like yeah. not in every case, but if you're applying to schools and you get rejected, don't worry. <laughs> Everyone has been in that that boat yeah keep applying and find yeah other schools you can apply to if it doesn't work out or reapply if you need to you know you can work on your portfolio between application periods and try try again 
So then once you do all your applying and the stars align and you get into <laughs> whatever school you... How can you fail then? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Tell when the real opportunities for failure. <laughs> so yeah, for this next thing, we wanted to talk about uh, some of the uh, tough spots we had while in school. Yeah, yeah. I. so uh, if you haven't listened to our previous episodes... I went to Harvard and I was... Where's the horn? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Throughout my entire schooling career, I was used to being a super good student, getting straight A's and just doing well at everything. And uh, animation school was the first time where I didn't have enough time to do well at everything. And I had to kind of prioritize. And unfortunately... I remember there was one quarter where the final assignments all just lined up on the same day. And I was trying to finish a big stop motion um, final character animation assignment at the same time as a huge final storyboarding assignment. And I just frankly ran out of time. And I was, it was, you know, 2, 3 a.m. the last night before the storyboarding assignment was due. And I, totally broke down because I realized I didn't have enough time to finish it. Mm. And I remember that was really tough where I just realized I can't, I can't hit this deadline. (laughs) And I was not used to that feeling at all. Um, And I, yeah, I was crying for like hours. Ben was there to pick me up and (laughs) and it was tough. Uh, but and oh yeah, ultimately I like dropped a letter grade because I just didn't um, fulfill the final assignment to a very mm-hmm. like strong level, and the final assignment was also like weighted really heavily. I think. oh yeah, it was like thirty percent of the grade or something. Maybe like, like that. fifty. It was, for, it oh, was yeah, really like heavy. Um, wow. So yeah, I dropped from an A to a B, and uh, coming from you know a background where I was getting straight A's, I was pretty upset about it. Mm, but yeah. but the theme of this episode is that things kind of work out the way they should. And I'm not a storyboarder. I'm not pursuing storyboarding. There you go. That's the reason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> kind of. But, but it wasn't the most important thing for yeah. my career path as an animator. And it really doesn't matter in the long run. So here I am to say you don't have to get trainings. It's okay. <laughs> but in that moment, I felt so depressed i just felt mm-hmm. like i totally dropped the ball but you know looking back i couldn't really have managed my time better without like just completely sacrificing sleep and health so yeah no. it worked out <laughs> so one thing you might encounter in school um is making a film and uh, one of the biggest things that we kind of wanted to talk about briefly is like you know a lot of people sometimes like don't finish their films mm-hmm. in school. I know uh, all of us can attest. I think we not, yes. neither of us finished our films yeah. correctly. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so that's a big low point, especially when you think, you know, if your grade's based on that or, mm-hmm. you know, you're just spending so much time on it. And I certainly had <laughs> run-ins with like, you know, it's being a part of a collaborative film and it doesn't really go the way you want to. So... That was that can definitely be really hard to deal with. Have, how have you guys dealt with that with your film? So for me, uh, with my film, actually, very originally, I was going to be part of a collaborative as well. And then um, I think I ended up getting 
It was when I had my internship at Leica. So I was going to be away for the summer. Mm-hmm. And then the other two partners I was going to be working with um, were going to remain at school. So we ended up deciding it was best to kind of go our separate ways. Uh, but then because of that, <laughs> part of it, and part of it was my decision too. It wasn't like, it was a very mutual decision. But um, uh, but then because of that, like all of a sudden, the the entire film kind of fell to me. And then at the same time, I was also really trying to focus on developing just an animation reel for, for future internships and stuff. So, um, yeah, I got to a point where I think it was my, yeah, it was like my final year there. And I was like, okay, I can either use the next couple months to add a couple other strong pieces to my demo reel and just go for broke for being a character animation, Mm -hmm. character animator, (laughs) animationer. And then, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or I can, you know, really try to devote myself to this film and get it done. And uh, ultimately, I just put the film on the shelf for a while. So, Paul, my film is I unfinished. I love it, and I want to finish oh, it. Oh, thanks, man. We'll see. I was producer on that film and <laughs> yeah. did not see so, that through. <laughs> really, it's Katie's fault. I was looking for some sort of direction, and she just didn't give it to me. So I didn't. Yeah. JK. We like voice recorded a narrator and yeah. I feel worse working on it. The worst for her, I think. Yeah, I should finish it just for her. Yeah, she was amazing. But we, yeah, we still love the concept and would love to finish it someday. And I also (laughs) kind of made the same decision as Ben where I just ultimately prioritized finding a job over finishing the film. And uh, I still want to finish my film. I, worked on it or during the time I was a PA um, just to kind of keep myself creatively fulfilled uh, but haven't finished it yet it is it's It's really hard to finish yeah I can just say that it's really fucking hard it's so close it's like at 40% compositing right now so it's really close I just Right when I was in that phase, I got the apprentice program and we were getting married and it took over my life, but we'll see. So that was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Mutual assured destruction going on. Yeah. But it'll, I, I have faith it'll get done at some some point. But yeah, it there, did it did feel tough to not finish it. There's yeah. a fine balance too, like because at NYU they pushed like you know you definitely want to finish your film. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. Uh, but sometimes there are cases where you need to know when to quit something, mm-hmm. and I I feel like that's not really talked about a lot because mm-hmm. it's kind of it's not a sexy thing to talk about. Yeah. Quit your film or like quit this project. Um, but I think there are instances where you things just don't work out for whatever reason or you yeah, you like you said you have to find a job or you're mm-hmm. something else is going on in your life and you have to either take a break or just leave and um don't i mean yeah i don't know what the message is like it's not necessarily like don't finish your film but right just it's things are more complicated they're not as black and white as just like you failed because you finished your film or didn't yeah. finish your film yeah, yeah. It, it it felt like a failure at the time for sure like i remember when we were first years and we were seeing all the finished films, we were saying to ourselves, oh, we're going to do something like way better than yeah. that. And let alone, <laughs> we, were assholes. we didn't, yeah. even, <laughs> oh, we didn't totally. even finish our films. Yeah. So yeah, we definitely learned our lesson there. 
Did you have a similar experience? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were like, oh, all these, like, th- you notice, like, patterns of other film, like, f- short films, and you think, yeah, I'm going to break these patterns. I'm going to do something unique and, and original and better, and you have all these cocky ideas. Yeah. But then you're like, oh, making a film is incredibly difficult. Yeah. Like, yeah. making yeah. anything. I have so much respect for anyone who can, like, make mm-hmm. a film, make a short film. Yeah. Like, just it is finishing just it. finishing it. I don't yeah. care about the quality, like, just yeah. finishing it. It's funny. I I do feel like a lot of times the most critical stage of your life is when you're like just starting <laughs> as a student because mm-hmm. that's when you're like full of opinions and you, you haven't <laughs> yeah, <that's> quite <laughs> had enough experience critical to know Critical in how, terms of like yeah. critiquing yeah, and yeah, judging. Yeah. yeah. But now you like, know right to me. Yeah. <laughs> we'll watch like a low budget animated film. We're like, wow, for the money, that was incredible. Yeah. You know, yeah. we're like, as a student, we were probably like, what the F? Like that doesn't look that like doesn't Disney have a story. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing in our sort of chronological order of setbacks and failures is when you apply to a job totally unqualified yes. and you're a total noob, <laughs> but somehow think that, yeah, Pixar is going to hire you with negligible experience which I know that Ben did <laughs> singling out Ben for the art career <laughs> Ben tell so, us yeah, so this is a story about when I was like 18, 19 years old fresh out of high school had not actually I think it was the summer before I had actually even gone to college for graphic design. <laughs> it wasn't even for animation, but I was like, oh, story. I draw some pictures. So I'm basically qualified <laughs> to work at any of the big studios. And uh, my sister sent me a link for a job opening she saw online at oh, Pixar. I didn't know she yeah, said. yeah, it was from Sarah. Sent me a job opening at Pixar to be a full time character designer. And I thought, Oh, I'm 18-year-old Ben, and I doodle sometimes. Like, I'm totally qualified. (laughs) (laughs) So I put together a portfolio. At the time, I didn't even have a website or, you know, any sort of Mm -hmm. online, you know, um, what's the word? Presence. Thank you. (laughs) Can we find uh, this portfolio and put it in the show notes, or is this not a gosh. I would love to It's probably floating around somewhere. I'll I'll see if I can find it. But (laughs) so it's... It's just a PDF of, I think, literally just scans of random, like, pieces of paper and and notebook paper with, like, half-finished doodles and stuff on them. And I was like, oh, man, this is it. I think there was, like, 15 pictures or something. And I was like, this is going to get me the job at Pixar. So I, I went online and I filled out, like all the info they needed and i noticed there was no area to like upload a pdf probably because they were targeting people who were actually experienced and knew what they were doing and had a website or sort of online process <laughs> or presence good lord portfolio. i can't remember that <laughs> <laughs> presence or portfolio yeah and uh so i was like i was like oh this is Dang it, like this is gonna, they're not gonna hire me if they don't see my work. So I decided to call Pixar and ask (laughs) where I should upload my PDF. Wow. For the character designer job. And to their credit, they were super nice. And I just called like the main I was going to ask, number. how did you find the number? Was it just I, on their I website? I think I just literally Googled like Pixar number or something oh and gosh. and got some number. And it was super cool because then like Buzz Lightyear comes on and is like, thank you for calling Pixar. Blah, wow. Blah. And uh, <laughs> so I got through to 
some poor woman whose job it is to field all incoming calls. And I was like, hey, my name is Ben. I'm applying to the character designer position, but I don't know where to upload my real ball. And she was like, oh, she was super nice. But I know right away she was probably like, oh, okay, this guy's an idiot. (laughs) There's no way he's a competitive candidate. She was like, oh, okay, well, uh, we can just look you up and we'll find your work if we we need it. And, you know, we just don't worry about it. We can totally handle it. And I was like, oh, great, wonderful. They'll just contact contact me when they want to see the work <laughs> and that was it and surprise surprise i never heard back from wow. <laughs> so yeah just yeah an example of i think i said in the first episode we've all applied to pixar when we we're 19 to be a character designer and what i meant by that was i applied to pixar <laughs> i did not I know you were serious that. about that i yeah, totally no, thought that was that was real world an amazing so. story well, I also applied to Pixar when I was 22, I think, right after college. I had done like a stop motion short just like my senior year as an elective, and I submitted that. I don't even remember what I applied to. I think I applied to the animation internship and like. Nice. I mean, they say on their website somewhere, like, you don't have to have prior experience. And I took that to heart and (laughs) thought they would pick me right away. So I submitted that. Like I'm and, a stop motion animator. I even do have prior experience. I'm yeah, overqualified no, for this exactly. show. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I like said something that was like, "Here's like my film to give you an idea of my taste or something." <laughs> I don't know. Just so but you appreciate my artistic vision, what I can bring to Pixar, and I yeah. never heard back as well. <laughs> I, they're lost, man. Yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing at Blue Sky, where I sent them like stop motion. And oh I, I think gosh. I think I had like a video of my stepdad. I interviewed my stepdad and I animated him, and he's like a very no hilarious. Way. I love that. I have I it on. I have it on YouTube. I'll see if I can put it in the show oh notes. And I, but it's so like, if you look at the content that Blue Sky does, it's like has nothing to do with it. So That's I was like, amazing. oh yeah, I got all the animation principles down. So they Man. definitely didn't get back to me. You know, even though it didn't work out for Blue Sky, I feel like you should revive that channel. Oh, and, my gosh. You know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it was bad. Yeah. But, yeah, so if you're a student, um, I don't know what the lesson here is. <laughs> it's just... I guess don't be too hard on yourself, right? Like, we all yeah. have those... Yeah. Or that's part of it. Yeah. You know, we all have those super embarrassing things, and... We laugh about it now. You yeah. don't know what you don't know <laughs> until yeah. you start totally. learning that's a, a good, little bit, yeah. so, right? Yeah. like. Yeah. And if you don't hear back, it is a sign to just keep going and yeah. <laughs> keep working and improving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. I think a lot, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking for myself here, but I think we talked a little bit in the last episode about how most of us grow up in areas where like we not a ton of people are involved in mm-hmm. art and then we are, so it's kind of like, oh, we're like the arts you want and this is like my destiny to work on one of these big things. So there's kind of this thought of like, you know what, I'm just going to apply and maybe it'll just work out perfectly. And blah, blah. and then mm-hmm. when it doesn't, it's this very real world, like, Oh no, you have to do like these very practical things first. And it's going to be a lot of work and really hard. And like, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just going to be this fantasy dream sequence where you, <laughs> yeah, everything works out perfectly. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It is kind of funny, like coming from Harvard. I remember 
Pixar actually came to recruit. And what's funny is since it was Harvard, there were only like 12 students that went to yeah. the info session. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it was like super accessible compared to when we were at SCAD and there was like a thousand people that showed yeah, up. Yeah, with like one general representative yeah. from Pixar. To, yeah. <laughs> but I remember going to the info session and they kept talking about demo reels. And I was, I had never heard of that before. So I literally asked, oh, like, what's a demo reel? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they knew right then and there that I was not at all a competitive candidate. But here I am, you know, 10 10 years later, (laughs) and I've learned how to make a demo reel successfully. (laughs) Good job, man. So there's hope. Yeah. (laughs) Another thing we wanted to bring up is like, um, not getting responses when you reach out to artists or, mm. or studios. Mm-hmm. It's very common. People are busy or studios might not reach back to you for a number of reasons. Some of it's like timing. It's not necessarily your qualification. When I went, came to LA, I was like looking for jobs like crazy. And I applied to, I think it was like a hundred companies, uh, whether it was like just cold calls or emails mm-hmm. or actual like job postings. And I think I heard back from like 10 of them and I actually got like an offer from like three. So that oh, if you look yeah. at like the percentage, like three percent of like is is like very very low. And I yeah. feel like that's, I mean, maybe it's because I was super, I was less experienced then. But that's kind of what you might expect when you start looking for jobs right out yeah. of school, like mm-hmm. really low percent. Well, it's good to give those real world numbers too, because I very much feel like you know a lot of people are just like, okay, well, I'll apply to DreamWorks, Disney, Pixar, and. Blue Sky and Sony and one of them, you know, that's five companies. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I'm sure to hear something, but no, man, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> you just got to go for, it, especially early on. Mm-hmm. Definitely go for a quantity and, Absolutely. and just see what you get back. Because mm-hmm. any sort of foot in the door in the industry is better than zero experience uh, for the most part. So, yeah, especially early on. Uh, don't be too proud and, and stick your nose up at you know smaller companies. Yeah, um, yeah anything is is useful. Absolutely. I think this kind of segues into one of our really fun topics, which is botched interviews. So when, yes, <laughs> when you're in that applying phase, you are inevitably going to interview with those companies. And I think we've all had our fair share of like total cringe stories. Fuck ups. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Dropping F-bombs over here. But <laughs> it's okay. Oh my gosh, Ben, you have to tell your story about <laughs> Oh, please. Will you tell it? <laughs> so when Kenny and I were uh, had decided we were going to move out to the West Coast, we weren't sure about L.A. or San Francisco yet. But Kenny was interviewing at Pixar for a position. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I should probably apply to some San Francisco-based companies so we can still be together. So I applied to <laughs> EA Games, even though I am really not a gamer. But... Um, and I got an interview with the Sims team, even though I've never played the Sims <laughs> and not really, no disrespect. The Sims are awesome. I very love successful. the Sims. Katie loves I the Sims. I play it all the time. <laughs> but it is, it's not my jam. <laughs> so, um, anyway, I got this interview and everybody was super nice. And it was actually a really intense interview where I was, uh, it was like three different sets of people and each interview was like an hour and a half or something like over wow. a video conference. Yeah, it was intense. Um, but <laughs> I was talking with a big group of the animators there and one of the questions they asked me were, oh, so do you like playing the game? Do you like, do you play the Sims? 
And the, the truthful answer is no, <laughs> but I didn't feel comfortable just saying no. I was like, oh God, I can't tell these guys I've never played the game. So I decided to go half and half and just totally lie is the moral of the story. And I said, oh, well, not so much recently, but I used to. And then their immediate follow-up question was, oh, so which one did you play? And I had no idea they were even different types of Sims or anything. But I knew they were just talking about Sims 4 that I guess had recently come out. So I was like, oh, uh, gosh, I forget what it was called. What was the one before Sims 4? And they all deadpan looked back at me and said, Sims 3. And I was trying to play it. I was like, oh, ha, ha, yeah, obviously not that one, LOL. And I literally... I'm not that stupid. (laughs) No, I would have remembered that. Come on. And and, um, and so, and it was so obvious that I had like lied and it was terrible. I couldn't believe it. Do you think they probably had to know? They had to. I was such an idiot. But then, literally, in. So this was happening on my computer. It was a video conference. So I the connection's not in really another window. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. that would have even been smarter. I just like hit power on my yeah. computer. Oh, sorry guys. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally had to Google in another window like Sims, and I found one with like airplanes or something. And I was oh, like, my Oh, it's the uh, airplane one. Ha <laughs> ha. That's why I couldn't remember. It was like a weird one, and they definitely knew I was lying. But to their credit did not call me out and were nice about it. And they were just like, oh, yeah. And then later they were like, yeah, we don't really play the game. And I was like, oh, come on, guys. You couldn't have led with that. You had me squirming here. But they were super nice. And and in this case, they did not hold it against me. And they ended up, luckily, offering me a position. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I'm sure in that conversation they were probably like well this guy's a dirty liar but we'll still offer him a job <laughs> do you think but, they saw you typing and like i feel like they had to i feel like they had to they had to because like I'm your sure eyes my, are probably darting yeah like. my eye line changed and i went from like sitting back to all of a sudden like up at the computer oh and, like there's God. no way they did not know i was lying but they were just too nice to call me out on it, which thank you so much. If a Sims animator ever listens to this, who was in there, thank you for being nice to me. But the moral of that story is do not lie. Even if you are about to say something that, or even if you have to say something that makes you a little uncomfortable, like, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm applying to be an animator on the Sims, but I've never played the Sims before. That's exponentially better than Or or research your lie. Yeah, like be like, Okay, Sims... There's this game. Yeah, right. <laughs> just come in. At the very least. That, yeah, yeah, it's generally good practice to research the company and see yeah. what they've been working on recently yeah. and what they're most famous for. Yeah, but we've it, we can't go. we've all been there where <laughs> yeah. like we haven't oh, totally. research and then yeah. you get asked a question, it trips you up and you're like, Oh and you you freak out and yeah. oh my god, I yeah. yeah, a lot of stories. Do you have but, any stories, Garrett? Well, okay, one that comes to mind, uh, is kind of a funny one where I just like, this is a classic case of like me applying to a million companies when I was in LA and I happened to get the wrong uh, studio name in the cover letter and they Ooh. called me out on it in the in the interview. They're like, you know, you applied to oh this gosh. studio. <laughs> and I was oh, like, oh, oh, I, I like, you know, was very apologetic, but they, they kind of laughed and they totally like understood. And I think me kind of like being apologetic and because it was truly genuine. I felt like so ashamed. They were like, okay, like he's, he's fine. He's like normal. It just happened. He's just applying to a lot of jobs. He's desperate probably. (laughs) So (laughs) it's fine. 
Um, the other thing is I feel like my Disney interview, I just, I just did not. Oh, really? I just didn't think it went that well because I just kept saying the word appeal a thousand oh. times. I just got nervous. Wait, what was the question? It was just, uh, I don't know. They asked me like, you know, what, okay, this is an example where I just said, Ben, you should, you know, research The Sims where they were, they asked me the question of like, oh, Garrett, like, why do you want to work at Disney? Which is like <laughs> the most basic question you could be asked from yeah. a studio. Why work at this company? And I like, I freaked out. And I kept saying, oh, I think like Disney has appeal and uh, the, the, the nine old, the principles appeal. Like I kept saying just animation terms. And I, when I think about it, guys, seriously, it's like on my drive back, I was like cringing. And I'm like, okay, that's it. It's done. It's not happening. But it worked out. It somehow worked out. I, it was not. It didn't feel great, though. I was like, this is not going well. I once had a phone interview with Pixar, and I was interviewing to be a director's assistant. Like, super exciting job. And I had done some research beforehand on salaries, and I just, like, I bought this is a case of botching the research actually. So I looked All of up of a theme of yeah. botching the research. <laughs> I looked up the salaries for director's assistants and what I must have been pulling was like famous like Hollywood live action directors like personal assistants. So like their salaries are actually pretty good it was like 80 to 100k and like, give me 150 <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean basically it's pixar <laughs> so like in my first intro interview where they were just kind of getting a gauge on me they asked oh what kind of salary are you looking for and i like panicked and remembered what I had researched and I, I went down a little bit I said 60 to 80k and I had no idea that like it's totally unprofessional to list a 20k discrepancy between <laughs> the salaries you're looking for like that's like a huge range to yeah, like quote. How, you said like 60 to 80 like don't you dare offer me over 80 yeah. like, that's ridiculous I have like no idea and now that I you know I'm a little wiser and have worked in production like they they were probably looking for more like 40 to mm. 50 or something mm. like that and I must have just totally misquoted, and I could, I could, I could hear it in the, the like, career's oh. voice, and like, oh. like we can't quite offer that, and uh, oh god, I just totally botched that, and like, and, yeah, didn't didn't get a call back after that, <laughs> but luckily, long term, um, it wasn't so bad a botch that the recruiter reached out to me later to ask me about. It. Um, a marketing coordinator position, which I also did not ultimately get. I interviewed for that. Go. Didn't like totally botch the interview, but I, I think I just didn't have quite enough experience for what they were looking for. So yeah. um, that that's like another you know career <laughs> setback. I didn't get the marketing coordinator position, but you know, in our theme of like things ultimately working out, it did ultimately work out. It meant that. Um, when Ben was working at SIOP in LA, I didn't have to do distance with him in San Francisco. So I went with him to LA and then 
got my PA gig at Disney and ultimately became an animation apprentice. Yeah, totally so things kind of like worked out long term and yeah, for sure. it's all but try good. To, try to do your research, guys, if oh you're, gosh, if you're yeah. interviewing. Because we all <laughs> failed in the one critical step. But yeah. like you think in, in the moment you're doing the research, right? Yeah. But then yeah. you're in there. I don't know. Sometimes you can just get, get kind of freaked out. Um, yeah, and just yeah, trip up. It's scary. Yeah. yeah. And you, know you what, learn though? with practice. Yeah. Like in those situations, kind of in the theme of trying to be honest when possible, it probably would have reflected better had you said, like, oh, I'm not super familiar with you know, the mm-hmm. this position salary. So I'd be I'd be interested to hear like what you pay a typical person to that yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, sometimes it's hard. I mean, like with with me lying about The Sims, obviously, like super backfired. I do think I mean, <laughs> we ended up getting the job yeah. offer, which is good. Oh, but um, yeah, like we said, I mean, just do your research. But you know, when it comes down to it, or I'm, I'm thinking of your NBC um, interview too, where there was a, a portion of it where you said, "Like, I'm sorry, I just haven't really looked into this." Right. Yeah. And ultimately, mm-hmm. they gave you a job. So I, I think honesty mm-hmm. really goes a long way with companies. Too. Even if it seems like the wrong thing, it, yeah. it, I think companies, you're right, will re- kind of react to your genuineness yeah. more than anything. Because it's it's probably exhausting for studios to kind of like interview people and that you're just getting their fake, like if they're being fake, it's yeah. probably so just like, let's just see the real, that's the whole point yeah. of, of uh, interviewing is like seeing the real person, yeah. right? Especially if it's just like one question, you yeah. feel like you're not answering satisfactorily and everything else you like, it's clear you've done your research, you're yeah. doing really well. And there's one question you were just totally unprepared for. I think it really yeah. reflects well to be like, hey, I'm so sorry. I just, you know, wasn't really, in, yeah, totally. <laughs> prepared for this, blah, blah, blah. One um, piece of yeah. advice I often give people about interviews is if there's something that you feel like you kind of bungled or you didn't get to address is it's totally cool to mention that in your thank you note as just sort of like an extra thing and just elaborate a little further you say you know I, I thought about this question a little more in my drive home and I would like to sort of elaborate on my answer a little bit I've done that before and I think it actually has really helped me Along yeah. the yeah, along the way. So now that we failed in school and we failed applying to the places <laughs> that we're uh, we're going to in the studios, we are talking about now failing on the job. That's and uh, right. that's my segue. <laughs> Failure <laughs> doesn't stop Failure. getting the job. <laughs> no, I feel bad. I mean, it's not necessarily failure. It's yeah. like setbacks. Yeah, yeah. I shouldn't use that word. The f word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Drop an F bomb. Or it's, it's things that feel like failure when they happen, but then later on you realize they were just setbacks and disappointments. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. <laughs> sounds corny. Live, laugh, love. Li- yeah, live, laugh, love. Yeah. And this is probably the portion of the podcast where we get kind of the most serious and the topic you know, turns a little heavy. Um, but we, we want to show that we can be vulnerable and we've had rough mm-hmm. patches. So, and I'll start off by talking about my internship experience at Leica and speak pretty candidly. I had a pretty tough time as an intern. I, it became pretty clear within the first few weeks that I wasn't quite as strong as the other two interns. And I really struggled with, um, certain things like I had only ever animated on twos and like it animates on ones. And that was a really tough transition for me. And, you know, I had a lot of like 
pretty tough critiques. I mean, the the mentors were super nice and encouraging, but I just hadn't been used to that level of critique before. I, I kind of brushed on this earlier, actually, when I talked about like <laughs> moving from an A to a B in that class. But I was pretty used to like excelling and being the strongest one. And all of a sudden I was in a position where I was, you know, the worst animator there, like pretty candidly. And there were very objective and quantitative ways to know that. Like the other two interns were getting animation tests and they got shots and I didn't. Mm. So I just knew from that, that I wasn't strong enough to do that. And it, it was really tough yeah. mentally. And I, you know, it, it also became clear that to me that a job wasn't going to come out of that. And it was kind of like a little quarter life crisis for me because I thought like, oh, like I just went to school for this and I worked really hard and I don't really know what to do after this. And it was kind of your identity, right? Yeah, like at SCAD, you were the stop motion person. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is sort of a reality of the stop motion industry. While I was there, I also learned that it was fairly unstable. Um, Of the animators there, there were about 30, and five of them were full-time, if I remember correctly. Wow, meaning like staff animators. Right, yeah. Like they were employed full-time no matter what, whereas everybody else was like a project hire. Yeah, and, you know, people were a little stressed about wondering when their end dates were and if they'd get extended. Um, And I was sort of looking at that and realizing, like, wow, I'm just an intern and I'm not the best one. (laughs) And, like, it might be years before I get to this level of being an animator who doesn't even have, like, a full-time gig. And that was sort of a tough reality check. And I really questioned, like, is this what I want? And can I sort of stomach the the years it will take to get good at this? And, you know, it really was sort of a quarter-life crisis. And I looked really uh, deeply into <laughs> sort of the lifestyle I wanted. We, we touched on this in the um, Things We Wish We Knew podcast a little bit. But I thought about, you know, uh, stop motion is kind of only in Portland, LA and England. And I knew my like husband to be Ben was a CG animator and didn't necessarily want to do distance with him. So that was kind of the moment where I, I pivoted a bit and thought very seriously about production management. And that was sort of when I decided to 180. Yeah, it was a, a really tough time when I learned, you know, that I wasn't going to get a job offer or necessarily be invited back right away. Uh, and I was pretty down on myself. And, uh, you know, I would be honest and say I think I was genuinely depressed at that time. And mm-hmm. kind of the only saving grace I had was sort of the prospect of thinking, oh, maybe I could do production management and be good at that. And um, that that was sort of the light for me in that dark period. Um, but I did, you know, quite honestly, I had to take a quarter off from SCAD and really take a break and really think hard about things. Um, and I got through it and did pursue production management and enjoyed it a lot. Um, and 
ultimately realized I did miss animating and decided to learn CG and transition to CG. But yeah, it was a tough time. I will be honest. <laughs> it reminds me how like everyone has in this industry, everyone has their own path. Like there's right. not, it's not like, you know, becoming a doctor or something where you go mm-hmm. to like medical school and you become a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very difficult, obviously to become a doctor. I'm not, that's not my point. It's but a like, linear path. It's a linear path. Yeah. Um, it's absolutely not the case for animation yeah. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's so, yeah, gosh, just that experience. It was so tough. And I feel like when you're struggling one of the things that just intensifies that so much is when the people immediately around you, you feel like are excelling, you yeah. know, and, oh, and yeah. it makes it so tough. I mean, I feel like that applies just to day to day at work too, yeah. where like yeah. you have a tougher view and then the person who sits right next to you got their shot finaled and did great. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, yeah, <laughs> this is the way, like, I just, you know, sure. You're happy for that person, but it just feels like it like, intensifies the fact oh, that totally. you are not doing as well. So yeah. yeah, that was a really trying time for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely got through it and yeah, look where you are now. Yeah. And I, and the, the full circle theme, it actually, like I have a lot of closure on it because my stop motion work that I did at Leica ultimately helped me uh, get a, get accepted into the apprentice program at Disney so, like, at the time, I remember feeling like, oh, God, I spent all this money on school, and, like, I'm giving up, and I'm, I'm not going to be an animator, and, like, oh, I feel like I wasted all that time and money, but ultimately, it did work out, and that all that effort did pay off. Yeah, I guess for me, like, when I was, when I graduated, I really wanted to get a job at like blue sky or you know feature film studios i was in new york so blue sky was the closest one Mm -hmm. and my reel just like very clearly wasn't in a place that i could do that um uh and i touched upon this a little bit in the intro episode but basically i uh you know was trying to look for any job i could and kind of working my way up through small studios and um some of them were really awesome but it can be tough because you're you know, you're constantly working at a job for like 40 plus hours, mm-hmm. but you don't have time to like, cause that, that stuff doesn't necessarily help you get to like the stuff I was doing wasn't necessarily helping me get to like where I wanted to go, which is mm-hmm. features. So you have to do actually more work. You almost have to have like two jobs. You have to like work your normal job and then like do stuff on the side. Yeah. So I was taking, you know, classes at like anim school and just working on my own film and, and all this stuff. And I think that was a dark time for me because I was constantly frustrated with myself. I kept mm-hmm. applying to to studios. I just wasn't getting anything. And I knew why. Like, you know, like or I knew that, like, my reel just, it was not great. Um, but I didn't have the time almost to, like, get it to a good place. Yeah. For sure. So I would say just uh, the thing for me was definitely, uh, I wish I could have told myself, like, to just be patient, like, trust your process keep doing stuff on the side and try to enjoy, enjoy it. So like, yeah, I would say to anyone who's in a similar situation, if you're not exactly the job you want, I think everything is a stepping stone. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and you can honestly, every job I've had, I've learned something new that even now when I, you know, there's people who get like a big studio job first or something. And Mm -hmm. I think there's stuff that, that I might know, uh, coming from a really small studio where you're a generalist and doing, doing things and just, 
having different perspectives on things that yeah. I think are helpful. So I, I think you do gain things. And I'm sure, Katie, like you for production, like that is a huge advantage knowing yeah. that side of it. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't have that. I have no idea mm-hmm. what that side is. Um, yeah. So uh, kind of the, the biggest thing I wanted to talk about was right after I had my internship at Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got into Blue Sky right around the time I was finishing uh, my degree at SCADS was when I was ready to enter the workforce permanently. And mm-hmm. I was so excited because they had a pretty good track record of hiring past interns. Um, so I was like, all right, this is great. It's working out, you know, perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then unfortunately, it was, you know, a little bit of a tough time for the studio where they had just hired a good amount of animators um, who had been working on peanuts and then ice age five there was kind of a swell they had hired and then unfortunately the movie anubis had been canceled that was originally slated to be after ferdinand and then ferdinand was pushed back i think like eight months or something like that so um it was just not a good time to be an animator hoping for a job there (laughs) so rough yeah and so i yeah, I got toward the end of the internship, and unfortunately, it became clear that I wouldn't have uh, a full-time position there. And I took it so incredibly personally and hard. You know, I was just like, oh, my God, it's just because they don't like me. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just put it all on myself. And that's not to say, you know, there there weren't lessons I could take from it that, yeah, I could, you know, do this or that better. But really i think so much was just timing a bad situation and by by taking it so personally it just made me want to like crawl into a hole and <laughs> never animate yeah. again and it didn't really result in uh constructive <laughs> feelings or or yeah. motivation mm-hmm. i just took it really roughly um even though everyone there had been totally lovely and stuff that actually almost made it harder because i was like man i really like it here i would love yeah. to work here mm-hmm. then it didn't work out um but, you know, I just decided to keep kind of soldiering on. I'm like, okay, well, I've got to do something now. i got student <laughs> loans to pay. So, <laughs> so um, yeah, then I ended up applying for to new opportunities and stuff. And I ended up uh, working at uh, freelancing at Hornet for a month. And then I was able to get a staff position at PSYOP um, in New York. So it kind of worked out that I was in that area anyway. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they allowed me to transfer over to the West Coast. And then once I was here, I was able to keep looking around and eventually uh, worked out to be a staff animator at DreamWorks, which was, you know, fantastic opportunity. And I've been super happy there for the last, uh, you know, between one and a half and two years now. Um, So, yeah, like, you know, the same with Katie and Garrett's stories. Ultimately, things worked out. But at the time, it's I, horrible at the gosh, time. Yeah. I just cannot emphasize enough how much it feels like that's the end of your career slash yeah. life. And you're yeah. like, especially I felt like, okay, I had graduated. This is it. Like, this is definitely Blue Sky was one of my dream companies, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, this is so perfect. And then when it's taken from you, and it's like, nope, actually, yeah. sorry, we're not going to hire you. And we're not sure if or when we'll be able to hire you. Um, it was soul crushing. And and mm-hmm. to their to their credit, they later reached out once Ferdinand started ramping up more mm-hmm. for animators. Uh, they reached out for a temp position 
um, which I was super grateful for, but I was already on the West coast. So I was unable to take, to take it, but, uh, yeah, just being fresh out of school and fresh kind of quote unquote laid off from a, (laughs) from an internship. Uh, that was probably one of the toughest times I would say for, for us, especially because Katie had a full-time job at blue sky. So I was like racked with jealousy on top of my like self pity. I was like, Oh, you know, give anything to be in the position you're in. She was working in production there. Um, so yeah, it was really rough, but yeah, moral of the story, you know, everything worked out as long as you, you know, try to do your best to stay professional and as positive as possible and just just keep working at it. And then I ended up actually really enjoying my time at PSYOP too. It was a Mm -hmm. wonderful company and I got to work on some really fun cartoony commercials and some, you know, game stuff even there and, and met some wonderful people. So yeah, like we said, it's, it's certainly not a linear path to whatever your dream job is and you might find out that your dream job isn't the path you want to take even, you know, after a couple of years and you'll discover something you prefer along the way. But I'm certainly very grateful now for the experiences I have. Mm -hmm. I had, I, I love that I worked for a little bit in New York and, and at Mm a, you know, commercial company out here in LA. And I think ultimately all of that, I feel like has served to make my work a little richer and, and also make me more grateful for where I am and, where I've been and you probably so. learn stuff too, like at, you know, PSYOP and Hornet, um, that you can take now with you at DreamWorks even. And yeah, just, for sure. Know, have new stuff. I think especially since it was a smaller company, one of the things I, I took was, I think is empathy for other departments. Um, mm, so that's, yeah. because it's PSYOP, I was, the person who was doing the CFX on your shot was sitting three seats away from you. So you're mm-hmm. like, Hey, John, like, the guy was not named John, but (laughs) like is, is the way I'm doing this going to be super annoying for you, especially because the deadlines were pretty tight there in the Mm -hmm. commercial world. So you'd be like, Hey, what's, what works best for you if I do this or that or whatever. And, and I feel like I have taken that into DreamWorks where usually if there's something I'm a little confused about, or if I'm like, I don't know how CFX is going to handle this, or I feel like I need to, you know, communicate this thing to production more clearly because it's important for them to know. I feel like I I do try to be pretty proactive about that. And people are usually super appreciative and and super open to to then working with you if you show that you realize that their life is stressful too and they have a difficult job and you're Mm -hmm. saying, hey, you know, let's work on this together rather than I'm just in my own little vacuum uh, working on my shot. Then I'm just going to hand it off, which I think is easy to do at a big studio. Um, mm-hmm. Totally. So, yeah, that was something I think I very directly took from those experiences. I think it's pretty worthwhile to mention that one element of working at one of, you know, the most coveted studios is that people on the outside or people that who also have this dream of working at that studio kind of expect the experience to be this perfect, like dreamy, rosy experience. And yeah. when it's not, it's, it's, it's really, a shock culture. Shock. It's really hard to report back to those people. Like I remember kind of coming back from the internship and everyone just wanted to hear about how awesome it was and oh, like yeah. asking you like if you think you're going to go back and it's, it's, tough, yeah. it's really yeah. tough to yeah. sort of explain like oh actually like I kind of struggled and like I don't know if they want me back and it's it's hard to um 
sort of be that messenger, I guess. And, um, you know, I think even like in our jobs now, like it's, it's, it's not always a rosy thing. Mm -hmm. Like there are moments where you miss a deadline or you do something or your first pass on a shot is really not what the director wants. And in that moment you really feel like, Oh my gosh, like I shouldn't be here. Like I don't deserve this job. Like I suck at this. (laughs) And I, yeah, but fortunately at least like with the life of a shot, like you can get over those moments within a couple weeks or so and, and move on. But it still happens that you have those moments where you, you feel like a failure and um, or have imposter syndrome or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. One thing I wanted to mention briefly uh, that I'm actually pretty passionate about <laughs> is, and it's related to this topic of like, because in animation, like layoffs are just a natural thing. Like yeah. people get hired for a job and then you get laid off for projects. Um, and... Unemployment insurance is a really good <laughs> is a really good tool to use for when you're laid off, and not a lot of people use it because I think there's some somewhat of a stigma for it. Um, but you know, you you pay your if you, if you're paying your taxes, you're paying into unemployment insurance. But right. what it is basically if, is you know if you get laid off or your job has ended at a studio, you can file for unemployment insurance and basically get you know like a weekly paycheck that'll help you during your time where you're looking for work and in the animation industry it's incredibly useful because it's rare that you get like a staff position somewhere oftentimes it's Mm -hmm. like okay you're hired for like a few months um so look into you know it's obviously different state by state but look into uh look into unemployment insurance if you get laid off yeah yeah especially with the industry can be so feast and famine right If it feels like there's times when every single studio is hiring and there's so much going on and then it might be quiet for, you know, however many months. And if you're unlucky and, and are looking for work at that time, it's, it's rough. Like Garrett, like when you graduated, yeah, <laughs> it was kind it of a rough time right, zone, for the industry. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. And now we need a pickup cause it's been a lot of negativity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, so this episode sort of has ended a little bit heavier, but the ultimate takeaway is that we've all sort of had these big full circle journeys. And I think the the vast majority of people we know in the industry have had very similar experiences where they sort of quote unquote paid their dues at jobs. They didn't necessarily want to work right away and weren't necessarily their dream companies, but they were absolutely a step in the right direction. And maybe they had a layoff or two or a period of unemployment, which actually ended up being a period of growth and did help them in some way. Sort of, you know, the cheesy quote here is like, everything happens for a reason, um, which is the worst thing to hear when you're like unemployed yeah. and just got fired. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but in the end, you'll, you will kind of or reflect on and realize that maybe that, that period of time was a time which you really thought about your priorities and your ultimate goals. And maybe that time was a period where you got to spend more time with family and it was worth it. So ultimately I think, I believe that things have a way of working out. For sure. Um, you just have to persevere and have faith. And one of my favorite quotes actually is 
um, a quote from Zora Neale Hurston, an author, and I think it's beautiful. It, the, the quote is, there are years that ask questions and years that answer. And I absolutely had that experience where the year I interned at Leica raised so many questions about, do I want to be an animator? Do I want to work long distance from my husband? Or do I want to be in stop motion? Do I want to switch to production? I had so many questions. And then ultimately, like this past year, where I used my stop motion reel to become an apprentice at Disney, it totally answered all my questions. And I got total closure on that one year where I really struggled and didn't know what I want to do. It's really hard. But if you're you're struggling, or you know, you're, uh, you know, you just got laid off, or you're you can't find a job, just, you know, keep going and know that you'll look back on this moment and you'll know you've learned something from it because we've all definitely been there like we've just you know described yeah I think it's it's really important to enjoy the journey just as much as the final destination I mean when we were sort of having our internships and not getting extended Ben and I I I think it was a really also fun time in our relationship where we were moving around the country and it was exciting and uh, we were yeah experiencing new cities New York and Portland and you never kind of knew what was happening next and we were young and uh, <laughs> it was young and wild and free <laughs> yeah exactly and uh, we weren't necessarily worrying about adulting like (laughs) paying bills and all that i mean maybe we should have been a little more but (laughs) (laughs) but you know it i think it was just as much fun at times as it was hard and i think it it also makes you appreciate um when you do accomplish a goal having gone through that struggle it makes you appreciate it more in the end and one thing i I just realized we sort of forgot to touch on is like try to surround yourself with people that you can talk to through this process because Mm -hmm. that's honestly how I survived you know with with Isabel and like Mm -hmm. you know I definitely all these times of stress like I it helps me to talk it out with people even if I'm just like venting it just really helps to like you know talk to someone and they can kind of like I don't know. It's just helpful to have someone who's who's supporting you, and so have mm-hmm. good friends or have people that you can trust and talk. talk That's with. gosh, yeah, that is so true. I'm glad you brought that up because, yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> vent to Katie all the time, all the time. I mean, I feel like, especially early on when mm-hmm. you were in stop motion and I was in CG, and like we were starting to reach out for internships and stuff. <laughs> like, I'm just bragging about Katie here. Katie got such a favorable response. Usually like she would like <laughs> write to Bix Picks or these companies that, you know, do stop motion out in LA and stuff. And so much was like, Oh yeah. Like your work is great. Like, you know, we, we maybe we can do an internship or something, blah, blah, blah. And I was like struggling just to get a response from someone. And, but it felt, it would have been 10 times worse had I not been comfortable enough to say to Katie, like, I feel like I should quit animation right now. And like, I feel like shit and yeah. you know, I can't You're both believe going through this. It together and, and yeah. Ways, yeah. So. And then to have her to yeah reassure me and say, you know, like, yeah, just come on, keep going, man. You can do it. Like, mm-hmm. I know this sucks right now. 
because I'm so wildly successful and you're... <laughs> well, then I, like, crashed and burned No, later. stop, stop. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but ultimately, yeah, just having someone you could be totally vulnerable with. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it certainly doesn't have to be a significant other, right? It can be close no. friends or whatever. Oh, totally. But, yeah. yeah, someone you can just, be really real with and say, yeah, yeah just not sugarcoat things and tell them how you're feeling. You're right. Mm. It makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Animation is collaborative anyways. So it's just, it's hard to do this industry like totally solitary from everyone. For sure. Mm -hmm. For sure. So just for a fun recap of all this (laughs) super heavy, (laughs) real, sometimes too real info. Uh, But yeah, we just, you know, in this episode of things we wanted to touch on were that, you know, Throughout the process, from when you first discover you want to be in animation in some capacity to when you're working at your dream job, you will be encountering these setbacks and difficulties that will make you question whether you're, you know, worthy to be where you are, or whether you're crazy for for pursuing this dream. So, you know, whether it's you're applying, just applying to schools or in school and having a tough time or or struggling through interviews or, you know, actually working at your day-to-day job. The important thing is to, you know, just try to learn from your mistakes. Don't beat yourself up too much because rest assured that everyone is making those mistakes, even though it doesn't feel like it. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, ultimately people don't really worry about your mistakes as much as you do. Right. Like I, I I forget what it was. We saw some video where there was some famous person saying like, Hey, everybody's just thinking about themselves. (laughs) They're analyzing Mm -hmm. their own behavior and they're not dwelling on your like awkwardness or your little, you know, hiccups and stuff. So, Um, you know, keep your head down and keep working hard and be humble and nice and don't beat yourself up too much. mm -hmm. That's what this episode is. Now, you hear that beautiful sound of Garrett knocking a Pacifico against a G&T glass, and that means it's tip jar time. It's the tip jar time. And who's taking away the tip jar this time? Maybe Garber? Yeah, so this episode's tip jar is all about looking at reference on, like, YouTube and Vimeo. It's a We're su- on YouTube anyway, right? So you might as well look at some reference. There you go. There you go. Yeah, if you're on there, just find some reference. And uh, pro tip, uh, use the period and comma. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for the delay. What the use hell the- is that symbol? Use <laughs> <laughs> the period and the comma on YouTube to frame by frame your uh videos so you can it's really helpful actually like if you look through either animations or any videos of of reference to just like frame through and i didn't know this was existed but anyone can do this without any i I didn't know until i was at dreamworks yeah Yeah. so weird oh and for vimeo um you use the shift and then the right left arrow so shift plus right arrow shift plus left arrow you know what i love about it sometimes is if you're this is specifically for like a fast action Mm -hmm. and you'll be like framing through a video and then you'll see something is like totally blurred out frame and you're like, Oh, that's a great spot for like a stretch frame or for a Uh multi-limb. And it's literally right there telling you where usually we think of that as like such a cartoony, like 
out of the box thing, but you can look at really real world reference and say mm-hmm. like, oh wow, this is great for a smear frame or whatever. Mm-hmm. And very true. I love finding stuff like that. It's so exciting. Yeah. And I think it's so important to study good animation. So like find top animators in the industry, their demo reels and frame through them. Cause you really, you don't, realize what they're doing like where they're anticipating or where they're stretching or just how pushed they go until you start framing through things and yeah i I think i have learned so much just by framing through animation especially if you can find people's play blasts online of animators Mm -hmm. so there's no motion blur Mm -hmm. no like effects or anything covering it up so you can really just see what they did with the rig that's Mm -hmm. like man that's oh my gosh (laughs) <laughs> so amazing. I was looking through um, Treasure Planet and I was framing mm, through some mm-hmm. shots in it. And there's one where like the main the the main villain guy who's like the pirate ship cook. Oh, yeah. He's cooking and maybe we can link to it in the show notes. But yeah. I was framing through and I was like, this is so cool. It's like some of the best animation I've ever seen. Really? Because I think oh, man. his arm was like CG and he was like 2d oh, yeah. and just there's one shot of him cooking that is just it's amazing Man. to frame through and you That's learn so you cool. learn so much with like timing and spacing i love that too when you discover a shot where it's not necessarily this epic moment in the movie but you're yeah. like yeah. this just speaks to me as an animator yeah. <laughs> and this is like everything i want to do in this one like shot that probably 90 percent of people just see it fly by and don't think twice about it but right i love that when you discover those little gems where you're like wow this is a small masterpiece within (laughs) this bigger thing so first of all we want to say thank you to everybody who submitted for our real review contest um we were so happy with the results and just wanted to give everybody an update we are going to be selecting the winner and announcing them in march and then we'll be officially posting the review in april Uh, That being said, if you are not the winner, do not despair. We are going to do this again. We would like to do this multiple times over the course of the podcast uh, because we're so happy with the results for this. But first and foremost, we just wanted to say a big thank you to everybody who participated. We appreciate it so very much. So we are coming towards the end of this episode. We wanted to say a quick reminder to take a look at our show notes for this episode and really every episode. Uh, We have a pretty comprehensive breakdown of all the points we discussed with relevant links to different things we've talked about. Um, Definitely be sure to follow the Animation Happy Hour on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, basically whatever social platform you use. Um, Following us is helpful because this podcast is released once a month, which is pretty infrequent, but there's a lot of stuff we want to try to do to interact with you guys between releases. So recently we asked about episode topics you want covered, and that was super interesting for us. Um, to see what you guys thought was important. And we also love the questions we've been getting. And in fact, this is a good thing to mention. We will be doing Q&A episodes sometime soon. So stay tuned for that. Keep asking us questions um, and keep interacting with us. We love it. And that about wraps it up for our episode dealing with setbacks and rejections. Once again, I'm Ben. And I'm Garrett. I'm Katie. Thank you for listening. And... Happy